Hello and welcome to today's episode of Talks with Trav. I am your host, Travis Diamond. As you know, in each episode, we take a different area of life and dive in, offering real tips and stories on ways you can improve the quality of your life and the life of those around you. Today, many of you are probably unaware that at more than once in my life, I've had substance abuse issues completely derailing my life. At one point, there's, you know, there's about an 18-month period of my life I vaguely remember from addiction. So, yeah, I just, I'll start by sharing my story a little bit. I'm not, it's not an AA meeting or an NA meeting. I'm not going to dive in like that, but I'm just going to give you a little bit to help you understand what I went through and how I came out the other side. And then I'm going to share with you four things that really set with me and I've learned over time and through overcoming that addiction. So my my first uh, battle with addiction came early in life. I was, I started dabbling with certain medicines, uh, certain pills when I was 17, 18, and, you know, it lasted until I was about 21, 2021, 20, somewhere in there, um, and as I said, it's pretty much a blur. Um, I started taking medicine, or I shouldn't even say it like that, I started doing drugs because I wanted to escape the feeling that I had in life of the misery and the what I didn't realize at the time was some depressive issues that I was dealing with. So what I really did was I started taking pills to to numb my existence. I was just wanted to be a zombie. I didn't want to, you can't feel bad if you can't feel anything. That was my, my train of thought on that. And it's a terrible way to live, but you know, and I, honestly, I wasn't really living. It led to a lot of things that I did that I'm not proud of. Um, I burned a lot of bridges. I ruined a lot of relationships and friendships. I've strong, seriously strained others. Um, all because I just wanted to be numb and I didn't have the wherewithal, the self-awareness or the resilience to overcome that feeling and figure out what was going on with me. Um, and honestly, believe it or not, me getting past where I was with, with drugs and substance, a lot of that I realized that I couldn't live that way, so I had to figure out how to do it. And that's what led me on the journey of self-development and self-improvement. Um, so... Yeah, now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that everyone has the same battles or struggles. We all have various reasons why we do things, um, especially addiction. You know, there's a lot of people that don't believe addiction is a disease, and I don't know how else to say this other than you're wrong. Addiction is not, not a choice. What you're addicted to is a choice, but addiction itself is a disease, that there is something within your brain, a chemical imbalance of some sort that results in you having a much more susceptible life to substance and to things. Now, some people are like, no, that's not true. Well, you know, I know people that are addicted to watching certain TV shows, Dancing with the Stars. If you, if you know someone who watches the show, let's just use Dancing with the Stars, and I'm using that because there's an example I'll share. And one of the other cooks I was working with, she was complaining about her husband or ex-husband or something, um, talking about um, how he was heavily addicted to weed. And I'm like, well, you can have a mental, mental dependency on weed, but there's no physical addiction. Like, you don't get withdrawals. You're not going to die if you don't have it, if you just stop doing it. You know, you can be an asshole for a couple of days, sure, but the reality is you're not going to be worse off for after a, maybe you'll be foul for a day or two but other than that there's no addiction 
and that was a pretty black and white stance I took on it then, and I, I still feel that way predominantly, especially when it comes to marijuana. Um, now I'm, I'm a little bit more educated, and I understand the, the nuances of it and the ins and outs a little bit more, so I know it's not so black and white, and it's different from person to person. So to show, explain to her that you can be addicted to anything if you have the addictive personality... Um, she always talked about Dancing with the Stars. So I asked her, I was like, hey, did you watch this previous episode of Dancing with the Stars? She's like, no, I haven't received, re- watched it yet. It's recorded on my DVR. And I was like, you want me to tell you about it? And she was like, don't you fucking dare. Excuse my language, but she immediately flipped. She was like, don't you dare. No, absolutely not. I'm like, well, if you don't get to watch your show and you someone tells you what happens, you're irate. What happens if, if that show can't? She's like, I would be devastated if they canceled the show. I wouldn't know what to do. I'm like, sounds to me you're addicted to Dancing with the Stars. You know, and it's not, again, it's not that simple, but that's a good example of how you can be addicted to anything. Right now I'm addicted to exercise. I'm addicted to running. You know, I hated running. I'm still not the biggest fan of it, but if I don't run, I feel off. I use running when I am off to help me get back on track. If I'm having a rough day, and even if I've already ran, I'll go run some more miles later in the day because I need to feel better, and that's one of the things I do to feel better. Um, So I just wanted to clear clear the air with that. I do believe that addiction is something that hinders a lot of people in various ways. You can leverage your addictive personality and your addictive traits to find great success, and to become obsessed with things that produce good, good positive net results in your life. Or you can turn to drugs and alcohol and whatever else. There's people that are addicted to porn. That's not really a healthy thing to be addicted to either. It destroys your life, destroys your relationship, destroys your brain. I wanted to clear the air with that and explain that you can be addicted to anything if you have the addictive personality. And even if you don't, it just doesn't mean you're not capable of becoming addicted it simply means you're less likely to become addicted to something as easy as someone who does have addictive personalities. Anyways, I just want to share with you four things I learned going down my journey of getting clean and coming out of the other side. Um, You know, I tried to stop doing drugs a couple of times with no success. And the first thing that I found uh, when I started having success was I changed my self-image. Um, I changed who I believed I was before I once, and then once I did that, I was able to quit. Let me explain. There is a significant difference between stopping something and quitting something. Stopping does not mean you will never do it again. When you quit, that means you're done, you walk away, and you're never going back. People who stop things, who don't, who even use the verbiage, yeah, I stopped doing that. They're not there yet they don't they still view themselves as that smoker or that drinker or that consumer or whatever right um and eric thomas does a great job of talking about this he explains you have to no longer view yourself as a smoker like cigarettes for example he's like people who smoke cigarettes well yeah i stopped i quit for a few months but i uh i'm I'm a smoker what can i say it's like two things You, you didn't quit you stopped because when you quit you don't go back And the second thing is, until you stop viewing yourself as a smoker, you're always going to be a smoker. There's no way around it. That's the bottom line, and that's the reality of it. Um, So the first thing is you have to change your own self-image before you can quit. And it took me realizing that I was in control of my life. It, It took me saying, Travis, you are responsible for the results in your life. 
you are not an addict. You are someone who is capable of great things, and you can make a difference in the world, but first you must quit doing drugs. It took me changing my perspective of, you know, Travis, you're not some thug that runs around and doing stupid things and being an idiot and and stuff like that. Like you're you're so, you hold yourself to higher standards, Travis. You're someone who holds yourself to higher standards. Period. It took me saying, not only am I not an addict and I'm not a, a user. It took me saying, I'm someone who has overcome that to get to that point. I had to believe I was capable of it before I could ever do it. And that's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is instilling that self-belief, that belief in yourself that you are capable of getting past that addiction. And there's various ways to go about it. And one of the things that like an AA or an NA, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, they they teach you is they teach you there's there's the seven steps, I think it is. I've never taken them. I've, I've, I'm familiar with them, but I've never gone to any of the programs or anything like that. And they've helped a lot of people. But one of the things that I don't think is very help, healthy is having them keep track of how long it's been since they've used something. Because when you do that, I can't tell you how long it's been since I popped a pill. I don't have a fucking clue. It's been years. I can't tell you how long it's been since I've smoked a cigarette. It's been years. So having those six weeks, six months, ten year, whatever, I get it. It's celebrating your success, but it also tells you at any given time you can go back to it. So they don't necessarily help you change your perspective on who you are as a person. In fact, they say you're always an addict. You have to learn to deal with it. You have to. Over- you're always going to be addicted to alcohol. You just have to learn how to overcome it. And I think that's really not a good thing. That's a terrible way to go about it. Now, I don't, like I said, I've never taken their programs. I'm vaguely familiar with them. I don't, never read their books or any of that stuff. Um, But I know that's one of the things they teach you is that you, you don't stop being an addict. You just have to learn how to live as an addict without doing the drug or the drink. Um, and I disagree with that. I think you must no longer view yourself as someone who does things before you can stop them and, and to ensure that you get to quit, that you can actually quit them. Um, and I think that's part of the reason there's so many relapses with drugs and alcohol. Um, and there's other th- factors to it, of course. There's significant factors to it outside of just your perspective on things that cause relapses. Um, but that, that's the first one. You have to change your perspective on who you are before you can quit the substance or the alcohol or whatever it is that you're addicted to. Um, So the second thing that I have learned is that the thought of never having it again is significantly worse than actually never having it again. So what does that mean? Um, If you're someone who's never been addicted to something, you're going to have a hard time understanding this, um, especially if you've never been addicted to a substance. So when you think about getting off of something, instantly you're like, oh man, I'm never going to do this again. Never's a long time, and this is fun. This makes me feel better. I need this. I can't live without it. And then you never even get one day in because the thought of not having it again is so powerful that you don't ever go a day without it. That's why people who 
like if they're on probation, they they um, have to go check in on probation or they're going to a prison sentence or even people who are like, I've got to go to this rehab program to get clean. The night before they go or the day before they go, they spend that entire day getting as high or as drunk as they possibly can because the thought of not having it ever again is too overwhelming for them. Um, and that's true. It's it's hard. It's not, it's not easy. It's not easy at all saying, I'm never going to do this thing again, something that has been con- a staple in my life for X number of years or for ever, however long, something that makes me feel good, that makes me feel alive, that makes me feel free, that makes me numb, something that makes me not feel at all, something that doesn't make me want to kill myself. You know, there's various reasons people drink. Something that doesn't make me feel this heartbreak. If I have to feel this heartbreak every day or if I get high every day and not feel it, I'd rather get high every day and not feel it. I'd rather drink the pain away than experience the pain and let it subside naturally. Um, And again, the thought of never having it again is far worse than the reality of never getting it again, never doing it again. And in time, that thought gets easier to deal with, but you obviously have to go through the process of not having it, um, at, at least for me. And all, everything I'm saying is from my personal experience and my standpoint. It's not um, in literature. It may be, I don't know, but this is things that I have learned in my overcoming of addictions. And they were just kind of like dip, drinking, smoking, doing their thing, popping pills, whatever. And... I was watching them, and they were having so much fun. And I was having a good time, but all I could think about that entire time was that I wanted to open up a bag, grab a couple of pills, throw them back with a shot of whiskey, and enjoy them again. I didn't care that all my friends were high, and they were enjoying it. I cared more so that I wasn't. I wanted to experience the substance again and the thought of not having that became too powerful for me in the moment and what did I do after three days two and a half days of not doing drugs I grabbed a couple of pills paid my buddy a couple bucks and I threw them back and I had to start over and it took me a few times three or four times to finally get there Um, and ultimately what led me there was I don't want to go into detail on here um, too much, but it was I was at a party one night, um, and I was entirely too out of my mind. I'd taken way too much. I drank too much on pill. Like I say, too much as if there's like an appropriate level of pharmaceuticals and alcohol that you should mix to function. But I was I was basically overdosing. Um, I was holding onto a tree, throwing up foam. Someone walked up to me. And uh, was talking to me, saying some things, and I had no idea who they were. I was just, like, looking at them, and I couldn't... I'm like, who is this stranger talking to me as I'm trying not to die? And come to find out, that person talking to me was my brother coming up to try to check on me and help me. And I was so intoxicated, so out of my mind, I didn't even recognize my own brother. Um, and there's there's a lot more to that story, but I'm just going to kind of leave it there. That was the, the pivotal moment in my life. The next morning I woke up somewhere I had no idea how I got there. I don't remember much after the first 30 minutes of this party I was at. I have no idea what kind of ass I made of myself. 
Um, and if you're listening to this and you're someone who I would go to your parties or anything like that back then, I apologize for how much of a fool I was. of the times there might have been one in three or four years where I was somewhat sober Um, it was drugs and alcohol and a combination of them so I apologize for just the stupidity that I brought to your house or to your party Um, but anyways that morning that next morning I woke up and my brother was basically like hey man you got a real problem. Like I tried to talk to you and for whatever reason I was able to remember that to recall that moment. Maybe it was because he brought it to my attention, but I was like, that was you. And he was like, yeah, you were just slurring and stumbling around. You didn't make any sense. I finally got you inside to sit down for a little bit. And I basically stayed in there the whole time taking care of you. And I'm like, fuck, like, that was a powerful... I was I was disgusted with myself. I'm like, I couldn't even recognize my brother. Someone like... I shared a room for 16 years with this dude, and I couldn't recognize him. Um, and that was super powerful for me to to get over that. And this, I, this is not a story that I share with very many people. Um, but I feel it's important because addiction is a real bad issue in this country, in the world. And as someone who has spent, like I said, several years of my life battling addiction in various forms... Um, I'm very happy to share with you some of the darker things that I've experienced in my life. And this story, I think, while it's a darker and it's sad, and if any of my family hears this, they're probably going to be like, Travis, what the fuck, dude? Rightfully so, but that's the reality of it. I was I was very far gone, and, you know, my brother talked a little bit of sense into me that morning, and I'm very happy to say that from that night on, that night was the last night that I consumed any type of illegal narcotic in that sense, um, pill-wise. You know, and like I said, there's other things that I battled with after that, but I got past those as well. Nowhere near as dark and chaotic and sad and all of that. It was more like partying drugs and stuff. But anyways, um, yeah, going back to what I was saying, the thought of never having it again was so overwhelming I couldn't get there. But... To me, after I talked to my brother that following morning from that event, the thought of not being able to recognize my brother trying to help me was far worse. It cut me way deeper than the thought of never doing drugs again, never doing that drug again. So I was able to, to set them aside and not do them and get, just back off of them. I'm very fortunate because what I was taking, a lot of people suffer and struggle getting off of, and it wasn't easy. The withdrawal sucked. I felt terrible for like two weeks. I wanted nothing more than to grab one of those pills and throw them down my throat so I could just feel better, which is why I started it because I got tired of feeling like shit. So I was a vicious cycle, and again, that's another reason that people relapse because the withdrawals of what it's, different things have different impact, but when you're talking pills, like it gets, it gets real bad. And, you know, there's some pills that if you take long enough at a high enough volume, you can't get off of without medical intervention or you'll die, straight up die. And alcohol is the same way. If you try to quit drinking and you're a lifetime drinker, you run the risk of dying if you quit cold turkey. There has to be medical intervention. Um, so that's what I'll say is the thought of it is far worse um, than never having it. And in fact, I'm so happy that I've never done it again. It it. I look back and I remember how I felt, just my entire body aching and craving this pill. Just the deepest of desires. All I wanted was this. And 
now I'm just like, how silly, Travis? What are you doing? And it's easy to say several years removed from it. But yeah, it took me having that pivotal moment in conversation with my brother. And I'm super thankful that he was there to make sure I didn't die or do something stupid, try to drive my vehicle or someone else's vehicle, you know, and then for him to have the conversation the next day and not just ignore it and hope that I stop doing it because that's something a lot of people do they see their loved ones struggling their family and friends struggling with addiction and they're like well maybe he'll it's just a stage he'll outgrow it no my brother had a real conversation with me and I, I believe that that conversation resulted in me and cleaning up my life and and you know potentially saved my life um, so number three you have to replace your unhealthy habits and your unhealthy friends with healthy ones what does that look like? It doesn't look like completely eliminating anyone you ever associated with when you were an addict. It can, but it doesn't have to. Um, for me, it looked like me becoming a hermit for about a month. I didn't drink with any of my friends. I didn't hang out with any of them. Um, I lived with one or two of them, but outside of that, I didn't go around people. I didn't associate with people. I didn't hang out with any of them. The unhealthy habits I had of the smoking the cigarettes and the the drinking alcohol heavily and, of course, the substance abuse. I obviously cut out the substance abuse, but I couldn't drink because if I would drink, I didn't have the willpower to not go get high. So I had to stop that. So I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking cigarettes. I stopped spending time with the people that were doing the things. I stopped associating with the people that had access to the things. I deleted phone numbers from my contact list. I would see people in stores and I would go the other way. I would walk out of the store because I didn't. I, I knew I didn't have it in me. It was nothing against them. Regardless of how they lived their life or what they were doing, I made the decision to take money out of my pocket and put it in their hand for the pills. I made the decision to take the pills out of my pocket and put them in my mouth. So it was nothing against them. It's not that, oh, you, do, you associate with, with people who do drugs. You're beneath me. Absolutely not. I have so much love for the people that I would get high with, that that would sell me the pills, that would buy pills from me. I have so much love and respect for those people. Thankfully, I'm very happy that I can say almost every single one of those people have overcome their own addiction, addiction battles, and they're, or they're working on it. They're going through it. They're significantly better than they were when I stopped associating with them. I had to do that for me. And it, it, like I said, it doesn't mean removing them from your life. I would still maybe go play basketball somewhere with them once in a while. But they try to talk to me about something. I had to be like, no, I'm not having that conversation. I mean, it did get to a point with some where it's like, if you can't respect that I don't want drugs around me, I'm not going to associate with you. Period. I'm not like coming over to your house and telling you to not do drugs around me. No, but if you're getting in my vehicle, I don't want you to pull out a bag of anything. If you're coming to my house or coming somewhere where you know I am, I'd appreciate it if you can be respectful of me enough not to pull that bag out in front of me, go somewhere else, or at least be like, hey, Travis, I'm about to do this, and I'll leave. I have no issues removing myself from a situation or from a setting because of that, right? So you have to remove those things and replace them with healthy ones. Um, you know, I started making newer friends, or I, I in fact... I reestablished some friendships, thankfully, that I had been neglecting, or I doubled down on the time I spent with my friends that were with me during those addictive times, but they didn't do the drugs. Or they were always the ones trying to talk me out of getting as bad off as I did. 
I spent time with those types of people. I spent more time, honestly, I spent so much time reading and learning and just diving in trying to figure out how to fix myself because I felt like I was, I was broken in a million pieces on the floor. And that's the reason I turned to addiction. So the only way I could, in my mind, not turn back to addiction was to fix the problems that existed in my life that led to me consuming substance, right? It looks like instead of, like when I quit cigarettes, for example, anytime I would want one, when I'd have that craving, I would do push-ups or I would go for a jog. Um, and not miles, I would just jog around the cul-de-sac. Like, it wasn't uh, all of a sudden I'm a fitness freak because I quit cigarettes. I just had to do something to, during the peak desire, the time in which that addiction was like, that, that withdrawal, that craving was at its highest, I had to do something other than sit there aimlessly. So that's what I did. Jumping jacks, push-ups, and I developed this... Um, finger touching thing that I do if you see it on YouTube or video I'll show you it's it's just like me touching my the tips of each one of my fingers to my thumbs really fast and I did that because it um it helped me with the hand to mouth motion I could just do that and give my hand something to do and now it's something when I run long distance I find myself doing it's it's weird but it's just something that I've developed into a, a full blown habit um, and it's, it's not a bad one I don't think you know so um, that's just, you just have to get creative with it. What can you do to replace, I'll ask you, what can you do to replace your bad habits and your, your unhealthy friends? Um, and that's, that's another reality. One of the biggest reasons people relapse is because they go in with a sober mind to a place where they used to get high or drunk all the time or the scenario, the setting. Um, you have to like, like if if your house depresses you and depression makes you drink, clean your fucking house. Rearrange your fucking house. Sell your house and move in somewhere else. And if you're not in a position where you can do any of those things, minimize the time you're at home. Figure out a way to change your settings and your environment to where you're not so desperate to escape your reality. Because that's what it boils down to. Most addictive most addictions take place, especially drugs and alcohol, take place because you're trying to escape your reality for some reason. If you can't get down to the bottom of why and fix that, get to a point where you don't necessarily want to escape it because it's not as bad. Um, and then number four, to end this on a positive note, I know this is a really heavy podcast. Um, I talk about it kind of lightly, but it was you know something that I don't want to say I'm ashamed of because if I didn't go through what I went through, I don't think I would be where I am. But it's definitely something that I don't share much with people as I'm recording this and putting it on a podcast for anyone that can click my link to listen to. Um, but anyways, I I want to end this on a positive note because like I said, it is a heavy subject and I know a lot of people that have lost loved ones and lost friends and I too have lost friends and loved ones to addiction. Um, you know, it's not fun. It sucks to lose someone because they were incapable of getting past whatever demons they had that led them to addiction. And in a lot of cases, it's, you know, I know people that had a medical, had an injury and got prescribed medications and they can't get off of them 20 years later through no fault of their own, through taking the proper steps to getting medical intervention, they were prescribed something at an inappropriate rate and they continue to be prescribed it and now they can't get off of it. They can't live without it. It sucks witnessing that. You know, in a way, you, you've lost them as well because who knows who they would be if they weren't 
high all the time or you know maybe not high but at the very least influenced or intoxicated to a degree because of this whatever they're on um anyways number four once you come out the other side of addiction you realize that there is next to nothing that you cannot accomplish um if you know there's a lot of success stories of people who are former addicts um one I'll use, and I'm using this because he talks about it often. I would never throw someone under the bus who doesn't publicly acknowledge their prior addictions. But one of the most successful people in the world, I mean, from a financial standpoint at least, um, depends on how you define success. It's a whole different conversation. But one of the most successful people in the world financially, uh, Grant Cardone, um, sells, the, the sales guy, the 10X guy, He's got the planes and the helicopters. And, I mean, he lives an incredible life. You know, he talks about how he was on He was an addict. And the way he was able to stop is he owed someone some money and they beat him to a point of being, like, basically putting him in the ICU because he didn't have the money to pay them because he kept spending the money on drugs. And he was able to overcome it. And after years of hard work, like, he, he you know, turned his focus and his addictive traits to sales and I think his first role was like car sales right he was just a car salesman and anyone can get a job as a car salesman pretty much you don't like you can be brand new and get a job as a car salesman maybe not at the the Bugatti dealership or I don't even know if they have dealerships but not maybe not with Ferrari but surely you can with Kia or Ford or GM or Toyota or whatever right any of those major ones so he yeah he started once he was overcoming his addiction, he turned his, his addictive traits and personalities towards sales, started making money, six figures a year, started developing sales courses and things of that nature. Now he has Cardone Capital, I believe it's called. He's a real estate mogul. He's worth, I don't have a clue how much, a couple hundred million dollars. Um, you know, that's, that's a great example of once you get off, off the substance and you overcome that addiction... You have an ironclad mind. You have a sharpened mindset that you believe that nothing is impossible because you've overcome the hardest thing you'll ever overcome in your life. No objection that you receive is harder than rejecting substance that you're addicted to, rejecting that drink or that pill or the cigarette or whatever it may be, right? No no education course or no job that you work will be harder than getting over the fact that you're never going to do something that you did all the time that you became dependent on and you know there's other stories of people who overcame their addiction and things of that nature and got to a point where they started developing success um you know i overcame on a much smaller scale i overcame my addiction um, I got a job. I was, you know, I was just kind of. I actually, I got a job as a car salesman. One of the one of the next jobs I got after Waffle House. Then I uh, that didn't work out for me for various reasons. Um, and uh, eventually, I got a job working at a hospital, at entry level, no education, no industry experience. Um, someone took a chance on me. I'm very grateful that that person took a chance on me. Um, and in nine months, I was in leadership. Just from pure work ethic like and everyone would complain about how hard it was working in the emergency room and I was registering patients I wasn't providing care I wasn't treating patients so I'm not trying to lead anyone to think that but in the emergency room setting there's a lot of shit you see that's 
life-changing. Um, I've seen every phase of life from beginning to end from various ages. You know, it's it's not easy. I could do 20 podcasts on some of the things that I've witnessed, and that's just from a registration standpoint. I couldn't fathom having to be the one there and in there trying to resuscitate someone or, or deliver that baby or whatever the case may be, right? But because of my mindset of, I've overcome addiction. This isn't hard. I've slept in gut, literally slept in ditches. This is this is a cakewalk. It it's a shitty way to get to that that success mindset. But um, I don't believe there's anything in this world that I cannot overcome. That I can't do outdo. And you know, if you put me next to someone who has not gone through the things that I've gone through, and and I'm not sitting here saying that I've had the hardest life because I most certainly have not. I've been very blessed and fortunate. There was a period of my life through decisions of my own that led me to an, become an addict. And just like the decisions that led me to become an addict, the decisions of my own led me to no longer be an addict. Um, so I want to make that clear. I'm not saying that I've had the hardest life by any stretch of the imagination. I've had some hard, some very hard seasons in my life. But anyways, because of that mindset, I was able to very easily work my way into leadership all the way up into manager, which is second highest in command at the hospital in that particular department. Um, again, with no industry experience and no uh, college degree. Of course, I got the experience to get promotions, but anyways, that's, um, that's my personal example right there um, of how once you come out the other side of addiction, you realize that there's next to nothing you can accomplish. Um, I hope someone that, you know, is struggling trying to overcome addiction, if that, that may be you, I hope you can take some solace in what I'm sharing and it helps you. Um, if you're someone that has gotten to the other side but you're still struggling with temptation, I hope this helps you. Um, and if you know anyone who may need to hear this, who help open their eyes some, please share it. Tag them in it. Maybe not tag them publicly. Uh, send it to them. Let them know. Like it's it's possible. You can overcome it. Um, and I didn't go into much detail about my addiction or anything like that. I tried to keep it fairly vague because, like I said, we all have different stories. If you're if you're someone who's overcome addiction, you have your own story. Um, and no two are com- comparable. You can't compare yours. I can't compare mine. Um, it's not fair. It's not right. And honestly, it's gross to try to do. Uh, but yeah, you can overcome anything you set your mind to. So guys, do me a favor. Um, if you found value in this, please, you know, leave a like, share the link, um, tell someone about it, send it to three of your friends, whether they may need to hear this or not from an addiction standpoint, uh, just share it with them and let them know. Um, I'm really trying to grow this platform and grow this program. And the only way I can do that is through support from the people that listen to it, that give me the feedback. I'm all ears on feedback. If there's anything you want me to discuss, um, but the point of this is to help others improve the quality of their lives. So share this, help me grow my platform and get it out there because without you guys, I would be talking to myself. And if you talk to yourself long enough, you know what they say, you end up in the loony bin. So Anyways, thank you for your time. As always, it's greatly appreciated. Um, Until next time, y'all take care.